0: On this episode of Tone Takes, we have our first ever guest. Woo! We can't say enough good things about Miller and Lord and lose our minds over Redwall. Folks, this is going to be Cuss. fucking good. It's
1: a fucking good episode. <laughs> it's going to blow your Cuss. fucking minds. It's going to blow your fucking dick off. <laughs> 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 halftone takes high contrast conversations where we zoom out to see the bigger picture i am one of your co-hosts adam Buceri, the scholar of the first sin
0: and with me as always is Ah, i am Corey revis aka baby's first imperial colonization lesson so <laughs> uh <laughs> it, it'll it'll make sense further down okay it'll make it's sense gonna make so down much line. sense yes
1: And with us for the first time, our first ever guest on Halftone Takes, it is a very great pleasure to introduce you to my co-worker. Uh Uh-oh.
2: Steve Downer, the human um um-actually. The human um um-actually. That's very good.
0: (laughs) First guest, let's go. All right.
1: (laughs) Now, I do want to say that this episode is about media for children so uh i'm going to go and i'm going to edit out every swear that is made on this episode and replace it with the word cuss so i would like everyone to um, do a clean recording of their own word cuss
2: (laughs) (laughs) yes um i'm gonna go for it Ah, mother cusser. That did I have the right spirit there, or just straight
1: up to you? Cuss. I'm gonna insert it with every cuss, <laughs> and so that might be confusing. But like, I like the energy. Cuss, Corey. Give me a give me a clean cuss. I'm
0: gonna give you a clean cuss. Ooh. A little sexy. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> That's what I meant. Motherfucker. Now we can just cuss. We can go wild. <laughs> we can just lose our minds. There's consequences. Was that building up inside you, Adam? Was that building up inside you? Cuss. It, like it, oh, yeah. was. it looks like your head was starting to grow bigger. Yeah, you just yeah, need to yeah. Let no, it I've, out.
1: I've deflated a little bit of pressure <laughs> because yeah. uh, I am basic in that way. But I encourage all y'all to just like. Go wild, uh, because the more cousin. I have to... The cuss. more work that you make for me, uh, the more pain <laughs> that you can inflict upon me.
2: And that's the goal. Higher quality work comes through suffering. That's, that's right. Also, Corey's cuss actually is more adult than most of our swearing. Uh, that's uh, gonna, that's uh, what
0: I meant to do. So, like, would you rather hear the actual cuss word, or would you rather hear hair the hair sexualization in my cuss word? little, right. little <laughs> sultry. Yes, yeah. sultry. Yeah. sultry. My sultry censorship. That's what's happening. That's what's going to happen.
1: So, uh, Mr. Steve Downer, uh, hey. would you like to introduce yourself to uh, uh, our audience? Who are you? What do you do? And uh, what makes you cool?
2: Oh, man. <laughs> well, where to begin? Um, I am a I illustrator, animator, generalist, I think is the the hot phrase that, that people use when they do a bunch of things pretty good. Um yeah, I used to work in comic books for a few years before I joined the team that Adam works with as uh, an artist. So I spend mm-hmm. most of my days drawing pictures and miraculously getting paid for it. Uh, and I spend that, most of my
1: days taking those pictures that he draws and making a move Yeah. and getting him paid for
2: that. Yeah. Ooh. So thanks, Adam, for making my work move good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Steve, for making the work uh, look good. Yeah, and when good. Doing
2: that, I've got three kids. We live in... Uh, in the mountains. And I'm currently trying not to freeze my fingertips off because I am in my studio with the heat off so that it doesn't interfere with the recording quality.
1: That we thank you for your sacrifice. Uh, <laughs> me, on the other hand, I am in a closet. And by the end of this, I will be coated in a thin, but like absolutely miserable layer <laughs> of sweat that uh, is, is a kind of cuss. <laughs> it makes him look hot.
0: Oh, it makes you look so hot. You need to put it on OnlyFans. That's what needs to happen. <laughs>
2: Meanwhile, Cody it's is so calling much in from the poolside in his tropical uh, bungalow. Yeah, me? <laughs> no, I'm it's in my beautiful. office
0: also sweating my balls off. I like seeing and... the dolphins
2: swim by you in the background.
0: <laughs> he's got mm-hmm. a big
1: multicolored daiquiri, which looks really fun. And he's got a bomb pop. What is a bomb pop?
0: <laughs> like... I got one, but I, I don't know what it
1: is. <laughs> It's like that red, white, and blue popsicle. That's like It's a, a rocket pop, isn't it? It's a rocket
0: pop. I called it a bomb pop. Rocket that's because you're
2: from Pennsylvania. That's what they call them in the East Coast.
0: I don't call but I don't but I don't call it a bomb <laughs> no. pop. And I'm, i live in Pennsylvania still. The
2: man's got well, a frozen a dairy soda. treat. I can't eat dairy. <laughs> Dude, <I'm kidding. laughs> this went off the rails so quickly. <laughs> I am very grateful to be here.
0: It's the kind of energy that we strive uh, for. Yeah, uh, I know this is this, is this happens. Like you, you fit, you slid right into the <laughs> into your role, and now we're all sharing the same brain cell, and it's fine.
2: There's a ah th- <laughs> mother cusser in there somewhere.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna
1: bleep that out yeah, somehow. Yeah, I
2: was
0: gonna say just censor it with the cuss, cuss, <laughs> cuss. Yeah. cuss, 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 cuss. Um, cuss.
1: cuss. cuss. Oh man, the fast and furious, Just like because. whatever you say, cuz.
0: <laughs> whatever you say, cuz.
1: <laughs> Shut up. Um <laughs>
0: ejectocito, cuz. <'cause. laughs>
1: Move, cuss.
0: Get out the way. Um
1: that's a too fast, too furious goof. Uh,
0: uh in... from way back in the day, actually, because he used to say that to me so and long like ago. in the widest way possible. Hey, Corey (laughs) (laughs) Move, bitch. And I'm like, oh It's very fun to just be (sighs) like,
1: Corey, can you can you teach me how to Douglas? Oh please. I'd like to know how to Douglas
0: (laughs) uh <laughs> actually that's not the worst i think he forgot the phrase that would actually make me cringe but i mean you would always be losing your mind when i would say hella oh, so i would No, no, no. Do it's, it as it's much there. as possible it was almost there <laughs> adam would literally come over to me and say that was hella tight and i'm like please hella don't tight. do this <laughs>
2: Well, uh, whatever whiteness quotient Adam is guilty of, I think you could probably double that for me <laughs> <laughs> like just add a layer of homeschooled on top of extremely white.
0: oh yeah,
2: and I will I will bring it It, it
0: is perfectly fine because I don't think we have we have to have him on the uh, the person I'm about to mention. you know who I'm talking about, uh Adam. you know I who I'm assume talking.
1: you're talking about the one the only Doug.
0: yeah <laughs> friend of the show Doug. Uh, mercilessly bully basically uh, every <laughs> episode <laughs> I, I don't like is doug
2: the the show's punching bag no no I, is doug is bill?
0: literally me except he's like white and like reverse doug is me in reverse basically if that makes any sense uh he is my he is probably my oldest best friend uh we mm-hmm. were best mm-hmm. friends since like sixth grade and We'll have to have him on the pod eventually. We'll get him on someday.
1: Uh, We got to find a topic. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of topics, today's topic is media after kids. And by that, I mean uh, the way that your relationship to media in general changes after having kids. Uh, And Steve, we needed someone more qualified than us. That's all I can say.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Qualified. That's a strong word. I have kids and we consume media, mostly Bluey, which I share with Adam.
0: I've talked yeah. about Bluey on the show and a bunch of times. Yes. I love Bluey.
2: <laughs> Bluey some good fuss.
0: Yeah. I've seen a couple of episodes and I'm like, hmm. But here's the thing is I do hmm as in this is really good, but what is what is Australia smoking? <laughs> That they have so much content that's super good <laughs> coming out of australia for some
2: reason they're smoking government subsidies <laughs> yeah. i believe that they uh don't they have some, oh yeah some nice oh yeah they're like funded support?
0: okay no, no no no, i got, yeah, I got, I got it stuff. i got it i got it what
1: are they smoking bushweed oh Boom. very nicely done <laughs> uh um, so i'm
2: sorry adam what was the question right we were, we were getting into the questions the
1: structure of the show tends to be us interviewing usually each other but in this case we're going to be interviewing you uh coming in with a, a broad topic uh your relationship to media now that you've had kids uh and within that three For specific sure? questions which are going to bleed into each other and you know feel free to to cross-pollinate these answers uh but the three questions are what media is happening around you which is to say, what's on the TV? How are you? Uh, uh, you know, you're you're reading your own stuff, you're doing stuff, but in your home around you uh, is a lot of stuff that's going on. Some of it's under your control. Some of it, I assume, completely out of your control. Uh, and I, I want you to, to share with us that experience. Uh, question number two is, uh, what do you think of the current state of media for kids? So you're exposed to all of this stuff. Well, what how do you feel about it? Is it pretty good? Is it pretty bad? I don't know. I want to hear what you think. Uh and then question 3, how has your taste changed since having kids? How has the exposure to all of this influenced you and changed like what you uh enjoy kind of period, whether that changes what you seek out on your own or just like your tolerance for um participating in media with these little rascals who are very cute
3: he says scowling they're, they're good kids they're
1: good kids i uh uh will tell people if their kids are annoying and you've got good kids
2: so thank you by the way my son has a stack of maze challenges for you oh or thank waiting. god next time you come over uh, uh he cannot wait to make you cry are his way <laughs> i will make mr adam cry
1: Uh, one time I swung over to Steve's house in order to drop off like some vegetables or something from the garden. I don't remember what it was. Okay. Uh, but, uh, his son, uh, middle son, uh, smushed his face against a window and was just like, Mr. Adam, (laughs) can you do a plane race with me? And I'm just like, I don't know what the (laughs) fuck a plane race is. I wish I could. I, I want to say yes so bad.
2: With some major, like four-year-old hyper-aggressive energy.
1: Aggressive, yeah.
2: Like very <laughs> mr, aggressive adam. Is the default <laughs> mr.
1: Setting. adam You gotta do my mazes! You dust uh, up now! How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? It's like he has um, like, <laughs> I think you should leave energy,
0: where he's like, I'm not leaving until you do a maze! <laughs> And that exact face too. What you gonna see in Adam's face?
2: I think uh, Tim Robinson and Adam have a surprising amount of spiritual overlap. <laughs> the, more
0: I, the more I check out, uh, I think you should leave. The more I'm like, this is Adam. Like, this is Adam. It is. This is Adam when he somehow. gets hyped. This is crazy. <laughs> so we
2: had three questions, and they were great.
0: Mm -hmm. I I did want to say before you start, uh, Steve, is I am very much looking forward to this because, uh, to your input, because I basically, uh, since I've been in, like, from, like, animation and been interested in all that kind of stuff, uh, all things media, I wanted to target kids. Like, I was big into wanting to make children's content or kids' content or whatever like people like to call it nowadays like I just like the children slash family you know wheelhouse and I've always felt that I was able to like do that type of stuff better than a lot of other things so I'm like yeah I want to see what because I want to make it for like children and family so I want to see okay what are the adults thinking what are you know how do they feel about certain content obviously everybody loves bluey but kind of nobody knows why except for the fact that they're like this i wish i had parents like this and i'm like i'm not talking to you millennials and everybody else i want to talk to kids <laughs> <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah so yeah i'm very much looking forward to your input on all of this and you know yeah. just uh, what you have to say about all That's of this
2: a- <laughs> Awesome. Once we get all the royalties sorted out, I will be glad to bring my kids on as co-guests. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We got to get yeah, the legal once, once involved. Once get the payment structure started, Yeah, uh Yeah. Once their child startup is firmly established in the podcasting world, we'll really be able to build something here.
1: I feel like Cassidy would make a really great interview subject where you'd just be like, what's, do, do you like snakes? And she'd be like, hmm, let me think about that. <laughs>
2: It would get deep. Yeah. What kind of snakes? That's what she would probably ask. Exactly.
1: She'd get very introspective.
2: Mm -hmm. That's that is true. Um, Well, I'm excited to talk about this uh, because usually I'm used to being ignored, so that's (laughs) great as as a dad. Uh huh. Right. 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 Uh, Your first question was was it what's in the air around you? Basically. Yeah. What
1: media is happening around you?
2: Yeah. So on a given day, man, there are only a few streams. There's, you know, there's books and TV are the primary media that float around in our house. There's not a lot of video games, mm-hmm, um, mm. not a lot of podcasts. Kids are picked young for that. Check in in five years and we'll see where all that is. Um, but there's there's often, you know, two or three series that are being watched. It's usually something uh, very preschool friendly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's uh, Octonauts. There's mm hilda there's bluey um and then we'll often be working slowly and painfully through some sort of show in the evenings as adults once the kids are in bed right um it's often one of the you know the disney franchise things because they own most of the things that i find interesting (laughs) of course uh star wars or marvel um
1: and and we're talking about media just for for you after the kids go to bed right
2: yeah, usually. There's kind of two streams. There's there's what the kids can watch and what we watch together, which is all kind of one bucket. And then there's what we watch when the kids aren't around, which mm-hmm. is the grown-up bucket, right? <clears throat> um, um. Yeah, and that's that tends to be a bit more broad. And then there's whatever we're reading, which is my wife is much more diverse than I am with her reading. She reads a lot of authors uh, from all kinds of different backgrounds. Tends towards sci-fi and fantasy and kind of cultural things. Now we
1: are talking about your wife, famous author Jamie Downer, author of. Uh, we are. Uh, uh, we are. Uh, wait, what? Uh, what?
0: What is author it? Moving walking through walking spaces. Through spaces. An there we go. Box. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait. Are you are
2: you actually being serious?
0: Yes, uh, Jamie what? is published.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, we, we're serious. That my wife has yeah released a couple books. She's extremely cool. Uh, <laughs> she's extremely cool. Yeah, so she's she's uh, quite a bit more literary than I am. Um, I can keep up some areas, but I tend to read a lot of comic books, man. Yes, yeah, yeah, sir. Makes sense. Uh, it's, it's my default setting and has been since I was a kid as soon as I figured out that it was a medium that was really fun. Um, so there's a lot of that in our house of me picking something up and being like, hey, kids, is this cool? And they're usually like, nah, old man, that's boring. <laughs> right. That's from the 1990s. <laughs> yeah. Um, and every now and then we'll hit a home run. Uh, and I think superheroes is the one of the big streams in our house because, you know, it's ubiquitous, but also it's, it's one of my favorite, uh, not genres, you know, one of my favorite areas of storytelling yeah. is anything with superheroes. So lots of Marvel, lots of DC stuff. And there's a wide range of it. So that is almost always somewhere in the mix on any given week. Uh, yeah, and then you know we have some music, but it's often filtered through like what is relatively appropriate for the kids. Right. And uh, not as much exploration there as there used to be just because there's not as much time to listen to cool new stuff mm-hmm. without it being in a family group. Um, which limits limits well, our options somewhat for sure. Uh, yeah, so that tends to be what's what's in the air around us. Every now and then we'll get out to a movie. Every now and then, even rarer, we'll take the kids out to like a, a play or some sort of hey. oh sure. You know, local entertainment events, yep. um, which is always a good time, but a lot of effort. Uh, so, infrequent. And,
1: and I was yeah. the kid who was like, I'll go to a basketball game, but I'm bringing my sketchbook and I'm drawing just the whole time and I'm not going to pay attention to anything that's going on.
2: Jeez. So, I <laughs> don't know. How- and that is why we are friends, Adam. I, that is why we are friends.
0: And then there was me who was actually at the basketball game. <laughs> yeah. And I look into the stands and I see you, you mm. two, and I'm like... I wish I was drawing. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. Cuss. Yeah,
1: that's very good. Cuss, that's cool. How much of the, mm, uh, maybe I'm phrasing this wrong, so take this uh, the correct way. How much of the media is stuff that you are bringing to the kids rather than stuff that the kids are
2: bringing to you? That is a great question. Um, And yeah, I think I, I, I get the spirit of the question. It's probably... Like three quarters adult like things that we bring to them, um, mm-hmm. and twenty five percent stuff that they discover. They're pretty young still. Uh, it was just the the couple of days ago that Cassidy, my oldest, who's in the first grade, yep. she mentioned Among Us, which is something that I'm not that familiar <laughs> with. Right, right. It's a video game. It's got like spooky little jelly bean people. Yeah,
1: it's um, a cartoon uh, a social deduction. John Carpenter's the thing for
2: kids, which to me sounds great yeah but I think it was actually maybe only the, the first or second time she she'd mentioned something that she hadn't picked up from mm. within the family right because uh, she's young enough so I'm sure that the rate will increase exponentially in the, right. the next couple of years of what they bring but it's mostly mostly input um, which I think is actually a genuinely a pretty special opportunity to kind of lay some foundation for what right good taste looks like uh, when they're young and then you know they'll it won't be long before they take before they seize the means of production. Uh, <laughs> and I am uh, I am more or less out of the loop. <clears> mm-hmm. I already feel like an old-timey old man. Um, yeah. You talked about in the green room when we were warming up. Uh, you mentioned Cody, uh, Corey, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a fantastic show. Um, we were watching some of the 1960s Batman show with Adam oh, West. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, they had some free episodes online. One of my all-time faves. Yeah. It's great stuff. It's very old. I like (laughs) it. Not all the episodes are amazing. We watched an episode of that. And then we went straight from that into Moon Girl, a Devil, Dinosaur. I was like, oh, this is much better. (laughs) This is much better than that episode of uh, the 1960s Batman. It's much smarter and snappier and beautifully animated. And that was something that uh, had been on my radar. But Cassie, my oldest, had wanted to watch it. Mm -hmm. As she saw it, just scrolling through Disney Plus there was like that looks awesome. What is that? It's like, yeah, we'll get around to it. As soon as we did. It was like, okay, this shows for you, but I am absolutely here for it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of a feedback loop, right? Like I'll give them one, they'll give me one, but more or less we're in a season of introducing our kids to stuff mm. and trying to set it like like a minimum threshold of quality cuz there's a, there's a lot of shit yeah, out there.
0: like curated yeah. a little bit. Yeah,
2: curated a bit. Um but not hold the reins too tightly cuz there's a lot of stuff that I don't know about that's great. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, you know, taking cues from other parents or kids who are tuned into different streams that I am can have a lot of fun for all of us and have a lot of pleasant surprises.
0: Yeah. Corey, <laughs> do you have any follow-ups on that? Oh, no. I'm just thinking of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur and how it Heroes.
2: Yo, that one episode where uh, – what was it, it was like the lights were out and it was all sound stuff? Oh, oh!
0: Like there's an episode like, where it was
2: um, all really cool audio. Yeah, yeah. audio visualizations. Yeah, it, it through that, the whole third act of one episode. And that's
0: hilarious because that episode I'm pretty sure is about gentrification. So there was a bigger message uh-huh. when it like yeah. on top of like just the cool, you know, almost gimmicky style of that episode. Mm I was like, are we talking like
1: a a Norman McLaren, like style of like visual representation. So uh, to two people out in podcast land who may be unfamiliar, Norman McLaren is an animator who specialized in doing visualizations of uh, specifically like music. rhythm stuff and is most well known for in fantasia there's Mm -hmm. one short which features like the sound of violins and then you'll see these abstract shapes of like violin strings playing um to give visuals to like visual context to the uh uh music that's happening yeah the the audio um uh ratatouille also kind of riffs on this with like the way remy describes flavors and giving like these visualizations to an abstract concept um so is it like that kind of it, it is kind of like that oh, yeah it's
0: kind of like a mix of that because that, that's actually i didn't even think about that but it is kind of a mix of that and the way like almost beatboxing works Ooh! and just uh yeah just the amount of the the, the amount of percussion that is in that in the vibrations of said percussion and everything they they do a really good job of that and it's um it's like i said the Uh, and like uh, steve said it's like very creative and um you know and that's on top of like just the you know the theming and everything and they do that with like almost every episode too which is amazing how they do that and they mix in marvel lore they mix in marvel lore and like like easter eggs and stuff and i'm like what? How? <laughs> I, wa- I wanted this. And then I look and I'm like... It's oh, a spark okay. show. Because guess who's the executive producer of that? And not only that, but he stars in the show too.
1: Uh, <sighs> Craig McCracken.
0: No. Lawrence Fishburne.
1: He really? Is the, yeah, he is
0: the guy who's I like, yeah, I want to do this. And I want to do it very cool. well. That's great. And that's why I feel... Because like I, uh, I kind of have a personal thing to that show of it feels i mean it features a i don't want to say i want to preference this by saying i i'm you know black culture is not a monolith but at the same time Mm -hmm. i feel like this is a very good representation or one of the best representations of a black family i've ever seen in my life on (laughs) on like a like animated form
2: I'm That's like awesome. this
0: is yeah. really good. This is really strong, and I understand this. I love that type of situation. It's it's almost as good as Craig of the Kriegs family, who is right. literally my family. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally my family. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome,
0: because so, I was Craig. I, I've told you that before. I was like, mm-hmm. I was Craig. I yeah. love like, maps. Yeah, and then I was Bernard <laughs> when I got older. That's the thing. So I uh-huh. was both of the you
2: switched roles. Yeah, right. Both of the siblings. Awesome.
0: So I was like, I can't believe awesome. they did this. But yeah, so yeah. Yeah.
1: Moon Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur was already on my list, but um Steve also sent me a link to that uh uh sequence specifically, and I watched five cool. seconds of it and then I stopped it and I was like, I know I'm gonna like this show. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good
2: stuff, man. Yeah, that, it's good. It looks rad. It's it's um, really yeah. Good. It feels like it it exists in the wake of like a post Spider Verse animation landscape. Yeah, for sure,
1: absolutely.
2: Because um, I, I I do feel like that movie seems like it blew the doors off a lot of things in that area of like creative and in, inventive animation and superhero media. Yeah. like it, it really breathed some new life into both of those bubbles pretty dramatically. And I think Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur builds off of that. momentum in a way that's very much its own thing and very cool. Uh, Uh,
1: We've talked about this both individually and also on the show, but Spider-Verse was not the first to experiment with non-photorealistic art styles, but it is the one that gave uh, permission to executives to allow more stylized and more unrealistic uh, and experimental stuff. And it's been really wonderful to see the ways that different people have picked up that torch and run in different directions. yeah
0: i think yeah yeah honestly i think in terms like keeping it in like terms of children's media and whatnot and just family media i think sony has done a really Mm -hmm. good job of pushing the this is a cartoon but it's also awesome type situation i know like i always yeah like sing the praises of like miller and lord um absolutely they they Mm -hmm. are me they're
2: a powerhouse team yeah they
0: are me if i had if That was like in that position. They I noticed I noticed more and more over time that they make a lot of movies that I wanted to I want to make. And I thought for the longest Mm -hmm. time, I'm like, no, this this isn't popular. Nobody wants this kind of stuff. But then they keep making stuff like Hottie with a chance of meatballs, which I think is brilliant. Yeah. And I'm like
2: Marvelous. Yeah,
0: and I'm like, people dig this stuff.
2: Another one that rocked our socks was, the, and it's got Lord Miller attached, is Mitchell's Versus the Machines. Oh, man.
3: Absolutely. Amazing. It
2: checks all those buttons, right? For like really distinct visual style, really unexpected story and story beats, and very authentic.
0: Yeah. Like
2: emotional heart underneath the surface of the great visuals and the great story beats. And can I say – It's got a real heart that
0: beats. Yeah. And can I say that the humor in that is like spot on? Like, many of, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. their uh, their films, like, the humor is, like, amazing. It, it, yeah. it is, hits the sweet spot of it's not annoying, but it's not played out either. And to me, that's amazing, is you can hit that, yeah. like, Goldilocks zone of this is, like, not too cynical, but at the mm-hmm. same time, it's self-aware enough that it's, like, okay, you, you get that we're laughing, you get that we're laughing, we want you to laugh yeah. with us type situation. Yeah.
2: Man, I think that if there was, like, if, if we were putting together a canon of modern, like, contemporary 21st century family classics, mm-hmm. like, Lord Miller would be just categorically on the list. Yeah. I mean, the way that, like, Spielberg stuff was in the 90s or, you know, oh, yeah. Walt Disney stuff was in that first wave feels like they, they're they just that mark of quality.
1: I, I think that Lord and Miller like really are disproportionately responsible for the, the animation golden age that we are in because mm-hmm. I, I think thought, that you yeah. can trace that lineage from the Mitchell's or um, uh, 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 Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs as like the first of this kind of new wave. Um, and yeah. then the Lego Movie I was, I was being just about like the to next the Lego major movie. huge one uh, inflection point Absolutely. before Spider Verse really like blew the, the doors open but yeah. you know Spider Verse yeah. for as much as we talk about it like with all of these things you know there's no such thing as an overnight success there's a decade of movies that led up to that point yeah uh, oh yeah and I think that's all really fascinating
0: stuff yeah it's yeah that that whole legacy is amazing and they're still going obviously but. It's oh, it's yeah. amazing that it's even starting to branch out because now they're not necessarily behind the like in the director's chair as much anymore. Now they're actually just setting out their producing tendrils and saying, No, we approve of this. No, this is good. No, this is and I appreciate that because yeah. it allows more variety of people's other people's minds saying, No, we, we can do stuff like this. We this is good. We're we're on a roll type situation. So Yeah.
3: Yeah. Mm hmm.
1: Uh, if I can pivot back to a, uh, topic question, uh, something that I was curious about is how much, uh, quote unquote, uh, real adult media, uh, is there that you try to sneak in between the, the (laughs) hours, you know? (laughs) Alien. When do you show your four-year-old alien? When do you, when do you, when do you get to watch the movie that really cuss stuff up?
2: It's actually a very active discussion right now, man.
1: I just, I'm trying to get more beeps in here, right?
2: Trying to up the uh, number of beeps. Cuss. 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 Ah, every time. Um, that's a very active discussion, actually. It has been for a couple of years, ever since, you know, we, we kind of got the full set. We've got a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a one-year-old. So, you know, each of them has different things that are appropriate for them, even at that age. And the spread's just going to keep changing as they get older. Yeah.
1: Um, Which is a really interesting consideration for, for as it continues in Yes, yeah.
2: and there's a tension between wanting some of the memories that come with family movie times yeah. you know which is a tradition that we're just starting to get get some momentum with as a as a family where one night a week we're trying to watch a movie as a family oh, that's that's beyond wonderful. just you know like yes
0: that's actually really
2: yeah. nice <laughs> yeah it's kind of uh slowly phasing out the like tv just to kill time and replacing it with something that feels like it's a little higher quality yeah um, more intentionality without, you know, without making it too too heavy-handed but uh it's an ongoing topic because there are movies that i can't wait to watch with my kids mm-hmm. um and there's you know times where I'm like you guys got to see this clip from jurassic park just to whet your appetite Ooh. for like five years from now Ooh, um yeah man. right <laughs> what? exactly that's like my favorite um, movie though so it I just like, came up
0: yes talk about yeah, jurassic yeah, park.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Just like two nights ago, I was like, do you think our four-year-old's ready to watch Pacific Rim? And my wife was like, I was thinking that too, but no, no, he's not. Um, and I was like, I know he's not, but uh, I can't wait for the days when he has. Exactly. Um, we've, we've been slowly adding in things that are not necessarily made for kids. Because I, I think of, you know, great movies that a lot of them come from the Disney canon over the years that are, you know, made for all ages, but when you talk about them, people think of them as... Kids' movies, and mostly it's animated films, uh, which I adore. I've always loved the animation and admired what they do. Um, But I do think there's a distinction between the content that tends to be in animated films and the content that isn't. Mm. Um, With, you know, you have your heavy metal movies that (laughs) you're probably not going to have my kids watch heavy metal just because it's animated, because I'm not stupid. (laughs) Um, And it's a medium, not a genre. Yeah. Uh, But all that to say, like introducing movies that are not animated or not necessarily made with children in mind has been really uh, enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And so far, we've only done like some really old classics. We've done Singing in the Rain, which is great. It's a great movie. Yeah. And uh, we did the Adventures of Robin Hood with Errol Flynn as a dashing psychopath.
1: Yeah, we, we had a good talk about that and just like yeah. uh, 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 Errol Flynn's like unhinged Joker energy where it always just seems like he's about to he's so good. And snap.
2: <laughs> where he just cannot wait to stir the plot up to some mayhem. Yeah. Like he's he's totally chaotic good. Emphasis
1: um, on the chaotic though.
2: But that movie is one where, you know, my six year old, we got to the end and, you know, he stabs the villain and the villain falls dramatically off a staircase and flumps on the floor. And I was like, oh shit, did we did we go too far? Did I uh, is this gonna be upsetting to to my kids who haven't, I don't think, seen any on-screen deaths before, especially in live action. Right. And my daughter's like, is he dead? I was like, yeah, sweetie, he is. I like tried to soften it. She's like, Good. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> uh-huh. the story works. You're gonna go far. She kid. got the story. You're She's like, go This far. guy is loathsome. Mm-hmm. This character is is atrocious. And you know, for the story, this is this is justice and it's good that the the hero stopped the villain, you know? Yeah. And it's simplified. It's a very archetypal movie and it's great. I adored it. Um, but they've surprised me with what they can and can't handle. Mm. We watched The Incredibles 2 a couple mm. nights ago yeah. for another family movie night, And that's one where my four-year-old is really upset mm. by the beats in the story where Mr. and Mrs. or Mr. Incredible and the last girl are mind controlled, right. you know, oh. in the third act. Spoilers. Uh, because for him, the idea of your parents not being safe is yeah, one of the absolutely. scariest things imaginable. Mm-hmm. My six-year-old was just like, this movie rocks. Uh, <laughs> this movie's great. The baby is hilarious. Uh-huh. The action uh-huh. is great. Well, I think... Um, I'm not at all be bothered the same by age this. Would Dash, I think? Uh, like, yeah, relatively? I mean, our family maps really well to The Incredibles. Yeah. <laughs> She's kind of like about Dash's age, but we've got a girl, a boy, and then a, a baby girl. Yep. And, uh, yeah, like, my, my son at one point was shouting, like, mapping each of us to the incredible. he's like, I'm Dash! <laughs> I was like, oh, Yeah, you are!
1: Watch this! And then he just runs full speed into yeah. a wall.
2: But yeah, it's like you were there. And it's,
1: and it's not whatsoever,
0: because babies just no. bounce. Just, No. no, bounce. no. Just-
2: <laughs> no. And at the end of the movie, he was like, uh, I didn't like that. We need to give it away. Um, <laughs> we need to
3: give
1: it <laughs> away.
2: Um, yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah. Harsh. He wanted to make sure that it doesn't come, come to get him again. Um, and so we, we stretched his comfort zone. You know, it, it might have been inappropriate. And he wasn't like having nightmares or anything. And I don't think it harmed him at all. Right. But I think that gentle stretching of their comfort zone and stretching of what they are exposed to. I mean, I'd rather be the one who's there for that than anyone else. Um, that's awesome. I trust myself to know them and introduce them to new things in a measured way that's appropriate. And there will be a day when they get to watch Alien. And it'll probably be a little younger than they should be because I am not a patient man. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will be a good day. You, you, you <laughs> yeah. want to hear
0: another tale of Doug? Uh, Doug was introduced yes, to Alien at eight. Yeah, And he loved it. Oh, good man. <laughs> he said his mom's just like, eh. It should be fine. And he's like, nah, this is, wife... this is one of his favorite movies of all time. It That's it great. had zero scars. It left zero scars on him.
2: My wife has a very similar story where she said that her parents were just too tired to tell her no. <laughs> and so she watched Alien with them and loved it. She's like, why are you showing me this? This is scary. Don't stop.
0: Yeah, Well, I mean, I, have, <laughs> I think we... I think maybe we all have kind of a similar thing. I, I'm leading into this because I did want to ask you a question, Steve. Um, but sure. But the idea of like just being introduced to stuff, not necessarily scarring for the most part, but just a little oh, bit sure. more adult than usual, not what you would go to for like a children or family thing. Because I immediately think of like Jurassic Park where I was introduced to that at – Maybe, I think, 14. Be- yeah. Specifically mm-hmm. because my mom was like, I don't want you watching this because my mom is a huge scaredy cat. So she's like, I right. don't want you watching uh-huh. this. It- it's going to scare you. Then she's talking to me and my other two siblings who I'm the oldest, so they're younger. And all of it, obviously we looked at each other and we're all, like shrugging like, really? It can't be that bad. And we love yeah. dinosaurs. So what she had us do <laughs> is... She turned on all the lights in the in the uh, living room. <laughs> yeah, yes. She sat in the other room, but she could see us. And we yes. all sat on the couch, and we all watched it kind of, quote unquote, together. And I will tell you straight up right now, we laughed the entire movie. We're like, this is the best thing ever. Now, like, obviously, like I said, we're still kids but she thought it was gonna be so scary i'm like this movie is the most awesome thing i've ever seen (laughs) and it's so funny like the first guy who died we're like (laughs) we were just like what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) and it's the black guy oh we just like looked at each other we're like this is this is gonna be Uh a great movie
2: (laughs) I love that.
0: This
1: is actually interesting because um, I recently was a guest on the Tales from the Backlog podcast. And that was a roundtable discussion on like getting into horror. Like if you're someone who historically hasn't had that affection and you're kind of interested in it, like what are entryways and like gateways uh, to to tip your toes into? And uh, as you said, like stretch your comfort zone. And a big thing that I kept talking about was, the power of whistling in the dark, which is, you know, having a friend over and you both sit down and you play a scary game, but and you're you're only one person as the controller, but you're playing it together and you're sharing in that experience, and you're like, I don't want to go into the next room, and they're like, bro, you have to go into the next room, <laughs> and then you're you know riffing on each other and you're laughing and like the power of having a friend there, uh, and to create turn it into a oh, social yeah. experience, like really can increase your tolerance for for something scary and so it sounds like that's exactly what happened with you in jurassic park where like if you watched it under the right circumstances at that age you might Mm -hmm. have found it scary but because you had all of these people to bounce off
0: of you
2: just turned
1: into a party turned into a
2: celebration i love that
0: and like that leads me into that that's like perfect adam what you just said but that leads me into um Basically, what would be considered more of an adult thing? Because then I go to something like Lord of the Rings or something like Star Wars, mm-hmm. and I'm like, is that family content? Or is that more adult? Because right. I'm pretty sure we all kind of watched something similar when we were younger, and we're like, Yeah. Yeah, but everybody, but. When you talk about like something like Lord of the Rings, for example, everybody's talking about the giant grand themes of the, you know, story and stuff and the characters and how it, you know, representation and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, when I was, you know, a kid, when I'm like something like Star Wars, I was like, This is just cool. I don't necessarily <laughs> get everything yeah. that's going on. I'm talking about the original trilogy, like the one with Harrison Ford and everything. I was like, my mom loves Harrison Ford. So she showed us that stuff mm-hmm. early <laughs> and we're, we're just like, this is cool. Like, this is just awesome. Yeah. And stuff. So I'm like, but that's, I wouldn't necessarily consider that like mm-hmm. children's stuff. Is that just in the camp of family entertainment then? All I, right.
2: I think it depends on the family and the, the kids, you know, but I don't think like, I don't think of Lord of the Rings as, kids entertainment, but I think there's a point when I would love, you know, I'd love to share that with my kids and watch it with them when they're old enough to to not be upset by some of the stuff in there. Like, but I think that what I what was chewing on recently is because I think about this stuff regularly, like this is absolutely my sweet spot. Yeah. Like I can think about parenting in a lot of directions and it's always on my mind, but this is the one that's fun to think about because it, it's what I already love. <laughs> And honestly, I my taste is not very adult. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I, I don't know if I ever quite got all the way there. I I think I aged out of adult things and I'm like, yeah, kid stuff is where it is. See, it's now at you, sound
0: like <laughs> you sound like me. You sound
2: like me. I'm I'm in my 30s and I would rather watch the Justice League series from the 2000s. Man. Then, I don't know, Succession. Right. Is Succession still a show? That's it's a it's thing finished. On.
1: It's wrapped up, but like yes. That's
2: and that's a show for grown-ups, It's right? supposed to be excellent <laughs>
1: and very mature and blah blah blah. Yes. Yes.
2: yes. <laughs> and uh yeah, I would rather watch uh Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur cuz I stalled out sometime in the early 2000s as a teenager. Fair
3: enough. And
2: I'm I've come to terms with that. Uh, somehow I was allowed to procreate and here we are, <laughs> the cycle repeats itself. Um, but that said, like, I do feel a little bit of responsibility to give my kids a sense of taste that's probably broader than my own. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I was very self-developed most of my life in there. Cause yeah. I, I grew up like, this is not going to get too deep, but I grew up in a very, very narrow bubble of what was considered safe and appropriate media for yeah. kids and, the list was about, like, five or six items long. And the first four items were the King James Bible. And the last item was, I don't know, maybe something that's derivative of that? Uh, right. <laughs> maybe <princess>.
1: VeggieTales.
2: <laughs> I, I will unambiguously recommend Be- VeggieTales as, like, a, second, a very common piece second of that media.
0: recommendation.
2: <laughs> but with the qualifier that it's basically the Muppet Show yeah. with vegetables. Yeah. And that is... That is its biggest strength, um, so maybe just watch the Muppet Show. But uh, so that said, like most things were contraband, and so most things were experienced alone or with a group that thought they were doing something wrong. Unless I was at a friend's house, and then I'm like, "This is kick-ass." I cannot tell my parents I watched this. Um, so forming stuff for my kids and like what is appropriate, and what is it? I didn't have that frame of reference for my own like shared experiences growing up. I was like, "It's probably all inappropriate." But this is kick ass and so I want my kids to know about it. Um, so I've, I've kind of been thinking that tone is a huge influence on what is and isn't appropriate. Because I think of like your average Marvel movie, tonally, it's super light. Like, yeah, you might have like a million extras getting slaughtered in the battle in the right. Infinity War, but tonally, it's very fun and triumphant mm-hmm. and lighthearted yeah. compared to a similar scene in Return of the King, it's a lot heavier. Um, yep. like the Battle of Pelinor Fields and the Battle of New York are not the same tonally even though they may have similar body Right. Kinds.
1: yeah only one has uh, the opposing army launching the severed heads of your that's all I was thinking about deceased over the
0: ramparts exactly yep. that's all that's what exactly. I was thinking about I mm-hmm. was like
3: um,
2: and that's uh, that's maybe not good for a six year old depending on the six year old yeah right. uh, but figuring out like also that when when you're a kid like you said Corey, um, you, you think of like the, the obvious parts first, like you see the surface of the story first, which is natural. Cause like, that's extremely real when you're, when you're a little kid, it's like, this might as well be reality. It's a hell impactful. Yeah. I'm not thinking about metaphor and themes and like contextual, larger cultural informative or gender roles or anything like that. I'm thinking, damn, that's a sick <laughs> dragon, uh, and I forget that because I keep coming from a more analytical perspective. And also because I'm an adult consuming children's mm-hmm. media and it's usually not as deep as an adult brain maybe needs. Mm-hmm. Um, Bluey is the exception. That show. We're,
1: we got to do a tight five just on Bluey, but like- uh, <laughs> For real. F- finish your thought and then I've got a follow up question.
2: Yeah, figuring out what they can handle tonally and not getting lost in the subtext, yeah. but being like, is this a good story just on its own merits? regardless of what it wants to teach or what it wants to say about the human condition yeah. is uh, something that I think is like my first question to answer with them. And then it's like, okay, is this going to have so many new things that it's gonna be overwhelming in terms yeah. of what what it represents? And if it's, you know, a ton of stuff that like is, is completely outside their bubble of violence or yeah. sexuality or, you know, just people being shitty to each other. Like, okay, there's probably something I can find that's intermediate. Yeah to kind of graduate them to this content cuz I don't think just throwing them in the deep end is is actually healthy.
1: Yeah, so so my follow-up question was going to be um the way I'm going to phrase this is how much do you have to deal with the danger of Trojan horse media? And by that I basically mean like two kind of things. One, your kids love Star Wars. And they love a Star Wars and there's a laser sword and it there's cool stuff uh and then they're just like i can't get enough star war uh let's do an andor and then you're just like uh, that one's gonna not be it's not the same it's like you think it's the same but it's not the <laughs> same and then the other side of that is just like oh cool it's an animated show and there's a superman in it i'm gonna watch invincible it's just like also (laughs) not the same (laughs) not the same
2: (laughs) um (laughs) god that makes my heart leap i know Uh, i I know it's it's like
1: yeah but as adults we're able to make those distinctions and understand yeah but like there's so many stories of like you know parents taking their kids to see zack snyder's watchmen in theaters because it's a superhero movie it'll be fun yeah yeah deadpool like all kinds of examples
2: Uh, um is that the one with Captain Blue Dong? That kids <laughs> yeah. movie with Captain Blue yeah, Dong, who's my favorite superhero? It's good, man. Yeah. That's good. Uh, what I was gonna say um. also,
0: and to add to that, this is not the point I was gonna say beforehand, I'll get to that. But to add to what Adam said, and then children's media that, that's supposed to be children's media and happens to be Secret of Nim. where like at the end Mm -hmm. like the end fight has people getting their like stomachs cut open and getting stabbed in the back and i'm like
1: your your watership
0: downs yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) and it's just like this is technically supposed to be for kids too or like because i always go back to like where you spoke about steve you spoke about like books And I was Mm. like, I wonder when he's going to introduce his kids or, like, his daughter, like, his oldest to Redwall. (laughs)
2: Sure. (laughs) I.e. Yeah, man. Game of Thrones for kids. (laughs) Game of Thrones with with animals. Um, Redwall is one that surprises me when I see it on kids' recommendation lists. Because that is a hella violent series. It's super violent. Yeah.
0: Extremely it has, like like, ze- it has almost zero sexual sexual stuff in it, so I guess that's kind of good. Like
2: literally none. But, it,
0: but yeah. the violence is like way <laughs> up there.
2: <laughs> yeah, lovingly described, yeah. lovingly written about, almost mm. as much as like the feasts that yeah. they have. Uh. Feast.
1: Tell me about your strawberry uh. fizz, Badger Man. <laughs> and then i get let's, hungry let's spend <laughs>
2: 10 minutes decoding the moles yorkshire accent yes yeah it is written in phonetic vernacular See, for me it's um, always the
0: long patrol of the the like the whole thing of rabbits uh-huh. that they talk in like what what are they yeah. what what yeah what what i love that i love that shit so yeah.
2: much the very like aristocratic i don't even know you know that all just like floated right back up to the yeah. surface when you said the trigger word <laughs> good good <Redwall laughs> is the code word <laughs> eulalia yeah, the, 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 oh, um, oh yeah, Rung. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh,
0: for Boss sure Flower. all right, uh, Salamandustron. Salamandustron, oh, first of oh. all. <laughs> oh. Second of all, I'd like to apologize to
1: the sleeper agent we just activated with our secret code word. We didn't mean to. It just happened.
2: <laughs> yeah, code name Brocktree. Um, oh man! All oh, right, guys. Oh and the word for favorite digression of the day goes to Redwall. Oh, um it happens it's not you know, the first there, time there is a uh i don't know i've so far i've had a uh, not a lot of concern around like what you described as that trojan horse of like this is something that seems like it's in the bucket of safe stuff that i can just not have to filter for my kids and then you get blindsided by Oh, crap, that franchise has margin for dark shit that my kids were not prepared for, (laughs) and now they've watched something that I wish I could take back. It hasn't happened much because I I do tend to play it pretty safe Mm -hmm. with um, what I introduce them to, and usually I try to be there for the first time they're watching something brand new, especially if it's something that I remember being impactful or intense. Um, Like Batman, the animated series, which, again, it's from the 90s. Yeah. I want to not make them into like little weird nineties retrograde hipster people uh-huh. who don't know what's happening in the year 2023. Yeah. Um, but that's a great show. And so I'd be happy to introduce chunks of that to them, but there are episodes and whole chunks of it that I'm like, nah, that's, that's not for you. Yeah. Uh, so don't watch it without asking first um, or ask if a specific episode is appropriate for where you're at. Um, and I think no matter what you we just have to make peace with the fact that there's going to be stuff that they are, they, are, they watch or that they listen to or that they see when I'm not around. Um, it's just going to happen. That's part of life. And having conversations with them when I am around and we talk about what we've watched and kind of parse what made them comfortable or uncomfortable, what was upsetting or what was surprising, I think hopefully prepares them to, you know, talk about it if they see something. In a video game or in a movie when they're with a friend uh that they weren't prepared for like hopefully you can talk to me about it and we can process that in a way that isn't weird for you or doesn't doesn't mess with you um but also like people are pretty resilient overall you're probably going to see some stuff you're not ready for and you're probably going to be okay in the long run i don't want to get paranoid or put too much weight on it because at the end of the day a movie is movie and they're probably not watching like rosemary's baby at the third grade sleepover uh and it's probably gonna be fine because most of the people most of the time want to want to be three kids pretty safely um i'd actually be more worried about them watching too much paw patrol than (laughs) too much something that actually challenges them because i think like you know if you get too accustomed to just like the visual equivalent of white noise. I think that's probably less healthy than seeing something that challenges your brain more than it's ready for mm-hmm.
0: especially in that right. stage of like development. like yeah, I, I mean, for me, like there was a similar um thing, like you talked a little bit about like uh, your background and stuff. There was a similar thing um with uh, my parents, like like especially my mom who She was like, it was like the golden age of Nickelodeon. So we were only allowed to watch specific things because she was scared that like something like the wild thornberries, we weren't allowed to watch that for a while. And we have to, we had to, I remember I had to literally convince my mom, mom, (laughs) this show is about animals. You like us learning about animals, right? (laughs) It, It was something like that conversation. And right. then she's like, "Okay, that's great, that's fine, but don't watch mm-hmm. um, Rugrats. That stuff is gross, and it reminds me of Ren and Stimpy." <laughs> and like, she she's just anti
1: Klasky cupo and their cussed up little guys. Yeah,
2: well, it's it's more. It, of, is it like the grotesque aesthetic just yeah, if, threw us yeah, from the jump?
0: Yeah, it was more of that. Like, if it looked gross, it was Ren and Stimpy. It was one of those things, those classic things of Mm -hmm. what are you playing that Nintendo for when I'm clearly have a PlayStation controller in my hand? But like, stop playing that Nintendo. It was one of those situations. (laughs) Right. Um, And obviously, as we got older, she kind of just like, okay, whatever. But I remember distinctly, like, no Rugrats, no Wild Thornberries. Hey Arnold was a big ask. Uh, And Hey Arnold's like one of my all time favorites, but that was a huge ask. Yeah. like oh man there's like the entire unless it was um which is funny because she would get on us about like uh animated stuff but the live action stuff that they had on Nickelodeon was fine like right. all that and everything uh-huh, which was uh-huh. basically S- SNL for kids and that was fine <laughs> yeah. but you know i remember like no no i don't want you watching any like rugrats that 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 reminds me of ren and stimpy too much and everything <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And eventually I ended up watching Ren and Stimpy anyway, and I was like, this actually isn't that bad, because then that was, like, the eve of Spongebob, which was, like, the new yeah. Ren and like Stimpy. You. And, you know, until mm-hmm. – I remember early Spongebob, she was like, oh, no, no, no. But then she started watching it herself, and she's like, okay, this is fine, because this is ah, funny. so good. I'm like, okay. <laughs>
2: i got to wonder how many of the like hard past boundaries are based on like a two minute first impression mm-hmm. from a parent who just does not have time to actually do the due diligence. Yeah, They're just like, it's, it feels better to just do a blanket ban on that thing that I cannot be bothered with. I mean, <laughs> and that, I, that, I, I think that's one of my secret fears that I'd be that guy. And I'm like, I hope not. It's never been easier to be informed.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it sounds like you're not, it sounds like you're doing a good job of like, you know, uh, like you and your wife are basically <laughs> easing your kids in to the water without just yeah. pushing them off the edge and saying, eh, you'll, oh, you'll, sure. you'll swim, you'll yeah. learn to swim. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, I was going to say my compliments for the end of the show, but like, I genuinely find you, uh, not aspirational because I ain't having no kids, but like, uh, <laughs> really admirable as a a parental figure and i think that you really have a, oh, a wonderful philosophy and approach to uh you're doing all of this with a mindfulness and intentionality that i think is somewhat rare uh and i admire it
2: thank you yeah. i was going to be flippant and say that i learned it all from redwall but i think actually <laughs> i should be honest and say that my wife gets a ton of the credit mm-hmm. like yeah Um, she's one of the most intentional people I've ever met and the care that she brings to relationships and thoughtfulness about every area absolutely goes for, for how we, uh, how she relates to our kids. And I'm lucky to ride her coattails most of the time.
0: Also fair. Big shout Uh, out to Jamie. yeah. 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 She's great. Yeah, she's, and I, she's a trailer. And I do want to say that, uh, yeah, I second Adam. Not the whole uh, no having kids thing. Me and my wife, we do want to have kids eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, nice. But we aspire kind of to be parents, like, kind of like what you're doing especially in terms of my wife and your wife it ba- basically sound like they're the same person so <laughs> i'm like because awesome. you said singing in the rain and yeah. i was like oh boy <laughs> <That> is, <laughs> that's uh-huh. so i was like it's a good one she, she like uh-huh. yeah like because that's how like a lot of she grew up with like a lot of old school stuff like golden age and she's like a lot of mm-hmm. this stuff is good for kids i mean not in terms of like oh my goodness like violence but in terms of at at the very worst they'll just get bored because I'll have no idea what's mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. But if you introduce as that as stuff I... early, like it's like, "Oh Maybe. man, I love uh, like musicals and old school like mm-hmm. stuff like that." So
2: Yeah. Uh, and to be to be honest, I had to require them to not run off when we were watching <laughs> Singing in the Rain. Uh-huh. Cuz there are bits where, you know, the characters are talking and they're talking yeah. about things that my kids don't have context for because it's about you know the movie industry in the 1940s (laughs) and it has no bearing on their experience and then someone sings a song and that's great Um, and there's a big reveal at the end that is a little bit conceptually complex where it's like this person is stealing another person's credit for their creative output Mm -hmm. and this person is torn onto whether or not to be loyal to the bigger project or to be loyal to the person they're attracted to that's over their heads. But they felt like the hell yeah, Lena <laughs> Lamont got her come up yeah. at the end of that movie in a way that was really visceral and satisfying. And I think part of the whole project of, of giving them media that is a little bit ahead of where they're at is stretching their attention spans mm. and challenging that in a way that I don't think would naturally be challenged if they were only exposed to contemporary media. Because um, things are. Pretty damn fast paced these days and the stimulus is pretty constant um and older media is just wired different but there's a lot of treasures from the back catalog you know of especially movies i think um that i'd love for them not to have to wait until they're adults to to figure out like i'd love them for them to to know who charlie chaplin is and some of the great sure, comes from nice. the you know the, the beginning i feel like
1: buster keaton would li- like would go over buster
2: pretty Keaton's well swing. yeah yeah. And honestly, 30s movies, especially from like that first gold age of Hollywood, are hella fast paced. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, *Adventures of Robin Hood they're... doesn't have any. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't slow very, down, very man. Modern. And Wizard of Oz is similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think of even like the Maltese Falcon. That movie does not slow down yeah. <laughs> at all. Um, I was pretty impressed when I first saw those. So I had a question for both of you guys, because as I think about like media for kids and what I want to introduce my kids to it, and what they're going to introduce themselves to i hope uh whether i'm around or not i think of the the power of like it's a hell of a thing to have that first impression of something that you've never seen before or a genre that you've never seen before Uh, i think of the first time i watched a james bond movie when i was 11 or so i had never seen anything where the good guy killed people before oh it was like a new concept to me i was like that's only a thing that bad guys do the good guy is just icing people. I think I saw Golden Eye. So oh, pretty yeah, good sure. introduction, <laughs> of course. Um, or I also think of like high concept sci-fi stuff. Mm. Uh, the first time I saw something like that, I think it might have been Jurassic Park, or it might have been. Uh, no, let's go to Jurassic Park for the sake of the discussion. And that, like, that movie scared the ah mother cusser. out of me because dinosaurs were eating people. And again, it was it was like visceral and larger than life in a way that I wasn't ready for, but I love that movie. Yeah. Um, and I think that if I had not found a confiscated copy of... Uh, you know that you know the story in the Batman series where he gets his back broken yeah. and Jean-Paul Valley takes over as Batman, but slowly loses his mind and becomes Azrael Batman. Yeah. And there's that bit in the middle where he takes down Bane after Bane has taken down Bruce Wayne. And he's got those sick like, claw yeah. gauntlets that he's made as kind of his <laughs> yeah. first... First uh, adaptation of the whole Batman thing.
1: Extremely 90s. Yeah.
2: Oh, yes. And it's just sealed in my soul. (laughs) If I hadn't found that comic book that my dad had confiscated from my older brother, I don't know if my life would have turned out the way it has. Because that was so influential. I was just like, this is the coolest thing I have ever seen in my life. And I'm not supposed to see this. Yeah. That's incredibly impactful. So I wanted to ask like, have you guys had those moments where one, you was like unofficial or out of bounds content? Mm-hmm. And two, that birthed a love or a fondness for something that would not probably not be there otherwise. Sure. Does that ring true or is that uh is that a pretty isolated thing? No,
0: no, no. Um I know that has definitely happened for me. Like one of them was like kind of like the jurassic park situation Mm -hmm. um but when like i remember it wasn't really necessarily specific for me but i definitely started looking at a lot more um like uh, i would i would just say like content like that like jurassic park Mm -hmm. so I just basically, I in my mind, I graduated to PG thirteen movies. Any PG thirteen movies, it didn't matter what it was. But then I remember, is it a mark of
2: quality? Yeah,
0: yeah. I just wanted to see stuff. I wanted to see, okay, what else is out there? And I distinctly remember watching Blade Two because it was on (laughs) TV. Because that was this is the age of like cable. So if you had basic cable or just a little bit better you could find something on tv and you're like just looking around making sure your parents (laughs) are around and being (laughs) like yeah let's watch this i want to see what What this is and i remember watching that on tv and being like wait a minute well for me specifically i'm like wait a minute he's a superhero and he's black Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's live action yeah and he's the he's the you know he's the main character it's
2: freaking cool this is yeah.
1: awesome he's the yes. coolest let's be clear
0: yes it, it was amazing i was like <laughs> and then i found out that wasn't pg-13 it was rated r and i was i thought i was even more cool after that i was like oh <laughs> yeah i watched the rated r I'm movie by stump. myself yes. and it was awesome <laughs> yep
2: what a great introduction to that though mm, like yeah. that is that is a perfect jump and gone Oh, point. yeah
0: and then i couldn't and yeah. then after that i was like wow I guess the the uh, possibilities are endless for me. And then obviously as I got older, it was like, oh, I thought everything was like this, but <laughs> yeah. it's getting better. So I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> more,
3: more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, man. For,
1: for the spirit of the question, like how much like transgressive media was there? I feel like the closest that I can come to uh, like my version of this would be like when I was, I don't know too young probably eight or ten you know <laughs> that range um i did get like real into mortal combat as like
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah I, there you and, go. And it was
1: mostly just like arcade machines and me watching the attract mode and watching other people play just being like this is so crazy this is so much crazier than anything else That it's <laughs> there's dragons and karate and like fireballs and stuff and there's so much blood like that's nuts. And so, like, I would just have sketchbooks in there just filled with drawings yeah, of dragons, because I love
0: dragons, and Mortal dragons. Kombat. Tons of
2: oh, Mortal man. Kombat. Oh, man, that is absolute kick-ass.
0: I never knew this, Adam. You had fighting game roots, and you didn't tell me. Yeah, but playing is boring as sucks. Like, who cares? Oh, shut up. Just do a
1: crouch, crouch sweep. <laughs> oh shut up. That's that's like how the best How do you know
0: about Crouch Sweep? <laughs> that's like the best joke sweep? in
1: the um the <laughs> new Mortal Kombat movie. Is that like it's a matchup and it's like Kano versus the person with the sharp hat? I don't remember who they are. And he's just like, "You think you could beat me?" And the person just like crouches down and does like a sweep kick, knocks him off his feet, and he gets up. He's like, "Okay, you got lucky." And then they just do it again, and he knocks him down again. He's like, "Okay," and then he does it a third time. He's like, "Bro, you gotta stop. Stop. You can't just keep doing the same move over and
2: over." I God, I love that.
0: It's very funny. I love the fact
2: that that's you said so Kano,
0: or and the person with the sharp hat. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that is Kano. So, no, uh, Kano's got the robot. No, no, no. Eye. Kano's the
2: glowing eye. Yeah, that is Kano.
0: yeah that's Kano. Who? Oh, man.
2: Who's who's the guy with the razor hat? He's Liu Kang's adopted yes, brother. I yeah. know that. Yeah. But I can't remember his name. I, I'm but... blanking.
0: And I and I play fighting hey, games, and I'm blanking. <laughs> I'm like, oh, because all Kung I can think Lao. of is Raiden hey, right Siri. now.
2: It's who's the, the guy with it's the Kung sharp Lao. hat? I'm getting an odd job. Guys,
1: thank you so much for making my anecdote accurate. Now it's (laughs) way better. I'm actually. (laughs) 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 Motherfucker. Cuss. Uh, Cuss. Uh, Cuss. Uh, Cuss. Cuss. I'm trying to sneak it, get as many in as I can. Uh, Son
2: of a cuss, cuss, cuss,
3: cuss, cuss. cuss.
1: Um, cuss. cuss. So yeah, uh, now very late into the episode, but let's uh, uh, wrap up with those next two questions. That first question, I you answered. We two questions left. You answered cuss. the cuss out of that first question, and like, mwah, great stuff. This is what so, usually happens. Lightning round. So we've talked so much about all of this different media and all the stuff you're exposed to. What's your impression on the current state of media for kids? Uh, you know particularly mm. in contrast with what it was like when you were growing up not just in terms of what was available but like what was yeah. available to you
2: oh man okay this is um this is the most uninformed take possible because i do live in a bubble it's an narrow anecdote bubble. it's not a However yes yeah, it an <laughs> is this is it's anecdotal it's a uh, this is not a statistical study <laughs> uh, it is it's, I mean, it's the best of times, it's the worst of times, which true, no matter when you're asking the That's questions, great. there is such a breadth of visual inventiveness in kids' stuff today mm. that is very different. Like, I remember, what, 90s kid, so we had Animaniacs, which was yeah. great, we had the Rugrats stuff, we had Clasky Supo, we had Nickelodeon, oh, we had Disney, we had like Disney Afternoons, which was very Zude homogenous, Disney. even though I loved some of the stuff, yeah, um, but there was it was like, you know, there was a range of what you could do with 2D animation. There was all the mediocre and I didn't give a shot, about like live action, Disney yeah. afternoon programming. I was never very much of a Nickelodeon guy. There was always Ninja Turtles on somewhere. Yeah. There was like enough to get by and it was fine. It was better than the eighties, I think. Don't tell 80s people <laughs> I said that.
3: Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh.
2: But man, I feel like this, like streaming era, internet era trying to keep up with YouTube era and also like creator stuff, it's great. Yeah. Like it, it is an ocean of stuff that is cool, that is much broader than when I was a kid. And we have everything from that was good from when we were kids right at our fingertips, yeah. which you couldn't say when you were growing up and all you could do was go to the video store or the library if you wanted to get yeah. new stuff. It's all literally like inches away. Um, and that's amazing. I do think there is a weird... I guess echo chamber vibe to some of it mm. where trends happen so quickly and the creators of things are so networked that you can see an idea pop up one place one year and 2 years later you see it kind of spread through other stuff all over the place and you see it like kind of work its way from internet things to big budget things and then it kind of is on to the next stuff and that is weird to me because that is not what i remember um but i also am not seeing it from the prime audience perspective of a little kid i'm seeing it as an adult who's like oh, what are my kids doing these days uh. <laughs> um and so i think that's my like cranky old man element um whereas my parents were like but the violence is the swearing and i'm yeah, like cuss. but the the like social programming um <laughs> and the uh the speed of change is is disorienting but i think largely like it's Awesome, and the generally the diversity, both in like representation and in origins, yeah. like places where this stuff is coming from, uh, it is really cool. And I, you know, I wouldn't want to narrow it. I wouldn't want to go back. Like I, I, I do feel like there's a responsibility for any parent who can, and not everyone has that bandwidth. Realistically, that doesn't make them a bad parent. That just means like I have the luxury of already being online most of the time. And yeah. giving a shit about kids stuff because I'm a child at heart makes it easier for me to be plugged into to what kids are doing these mm-hmm. days. Um, and so I, I think there's maybe more filtering to do because there's so much more immediately within arm's length. So that your kids don't see stuff they're not ready for or stuff that might actually be harmful. Right. Um, but man, it's higher highs for sure. And it's easier to know which ones are the lower mm-hmm. lows than ever. So, man, overall thumbs up. Like, it's good stuff these days. Hell yeah. Cuss. Yeah. Yeah. Great response. Uh, the only thing that I think uh, there has never been a second Calvin and Hobbes. Like, there, oh, there's never been anything like that yeah. again. Man, that's good stuff. I was reading through that again, and it is as fresh as the day it came out.
1: What an interesting touch point that I wouldn't have thought to include in this conversation. But, like, yeah, I
0: devoured yeah. Calvin and Hobbes as a kid. Man, yeah, me too. <laughs>
2: Some good stuff, uh, yeah. man. yeah. And uh, it's weird rereading it from a completely different perspective and realizing that Calvin's parents are just as funny as he is. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Because like the way that they think about their kid, I'm like, oh my god, it's that's like where me. He get, that's where did
0: he get it from? Type situation. Yeah, the, the way that yeah, Calvin's sure. dad would bully
1: him with like uh, uh, fake explanations for how stuff works <laughs> is just like my it's favorite so thing in the world. Like. Uh, yep. I, I'm just going to quote a comic, so that's going to be compelling audio, but there's one where it's just like, dad, how do, how does wind work? And he answers, uh, trees sneezing. And then Calvin just like <laughs> thinks for a second. He's like, is that true? And then his dad is like, no, but the truth is too complicated and I don't want to deal with it. And then... <laughs> The last panel is like, you know, him and Hobbs as the wind is blowing. And he's just like, boy, the trees are really sneezing today.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's like layers in that. It's
0: amazing.
2: Yeah. And as like an example of the comics medium in the inventiveness of especially like those later season Sunday layouts is just, it's a, it's like totally. a masterclass that you don't get in the sun in like newspaper format anywhere well i mean there's, also, there's so much newspapers? documented
1: stuff about bill watterson's fight for like formatting to to mm-hmm. a, against yeah. like the so the, the really rigid newspaper structures and just and just being like no i want a blank canvas where i can do what yeah, i want to do what i want yep yeah and he had enough power to, yeah. to to flex that muscle and to get it so Man. yeah
2: and you talk about like that there's no overnight success he wouldn't have had that power in the early years and by the time, he was like one of the last big titans of newspaper strips yeah, who hadn't yeah. gotten established in the 70s. And uh, yeah.
0: Man, that just, rem- that just, on just reminds me note. of one of my first loves, Peanuts. Um, sure. Yeah, man. I, I Good stuff. love Peanuts. Like, Peanuts is one of my favorite things of all time. I have stuff everywhere in here that's Peanuts. And... Yeah, it's a similar situation with that author. Just, oh,
2: Schultz was great, man. It's
0: like, oh, kids can't handle this. And he's like, are you kidding me? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I love that. I think the things that stay in the test of time, the things that I love sharing with my kids that are all ages media are the things that don't talk down to a kid yeah. audience. Yes. Because you outgrow that stuff as soon as as soon as soon you blink, you know? It's, it's for such a narrow audience. Yeah. But the stuff that's timeless, like that's – it's so good. The stuff It's for anybody,
1: I so yeah. good.
2: I, I feel like
1: that's yeah. maybe a much better way to talk about, you know, people will talk about, like, oh, it's something for the kids, but, like, adults can get something out of it, too. And what, like, is often being communicated is, like, it's not talking down to anyone. It's not being shitty about things. It's yeah. treating, you know, th- this children's media uh, with a level of seriousness and, like, responsibility, maybe is the right yeah. word. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I, they're too young for it now, but like uh, I've talked endlessly. I've talked the your ears off both of a, uh, about Steven universe mm-hmm. and like that it. show goes places while still being a kid show. It's still like firmly a show about a kid and it's for children, but like oh, good. uh it has, you know, an arc about like the concept of consent. There's so much about like redemption and like how you can move forward after doing bad things. Like how do how do I repair a relationship after I was wrong? Um and, and like I don't know. How? I find it just like really admirable in how it handles like these big topics while never Talking down to the audience and never simplifying it to the point of not being useful,
0: right? Yeah,
2: that's that's brilliant.
0: I, I would say another example of that because, um, me and Adam always go back to these two things that yeah. are similar but vast, but you know, different themes, right? He says Steven Universe, and I say Gravity Falls, uh, oh, Gravity, Gravity Falls, Falls is kind of the I same thing of mm-hmm. like relation, family, relational. Like deep family relational issues uh, and stuff like that, but at the same time, it's still a f- it's fun kid show of them making goofy noises and you know Grunkle Stan in his own way is like such a yeah. adult character that half yeah, the stuff he does is like wait a minute, <laughs> but at the same time, <laughs> at, what I like about that is his relationship to the actual kids in the in the show yeah is there like yeah like it that's like uh, that was a huge thing to me and just like his relationship with everyone around him mm-hmm. and i was like yeah this is super adult for like people that have hard like a hard time with some of their actual real blood family and you know they're close but not in a good way and how do you repair those like you know relationships, or how do you give boundaries? How do you put boundaries out for people? And that's deep,
2: but yeah, uh, and it's also very relevant yeah. too. So, like it's not an ab- abstract thing. It's it's very useful in the moment as soon as someone learns yeah, it. Yeah,
0: but I've known those are good messages. Like kids, because I used to teach middle school kids, um, like mm-hmm. art and stuff like that, and used to be an art instructor in that regard. But mainly a lot of a lot of middle school kids, which they're pains in the butts because they think they know everything, but Truth. they have no idea. Mm -hmm. but they have a sense of energy (laughs) where they get it. Like, cause that, that, I think that is like directed kind of towards them and preteens that show. And they're like, I love this show. And I'm like, even when they talk about, and they're like, no, I I mean, I don't get all of this, but Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that, you know, my parents like it and I'm allowed to watch it and it's great. And I'm like, see, this is the kind of stuff that like I'm interested in, in like, Showing the kids, and I have two nieces, so I'm like, you know, one of them is in middle school, so I'm like, I'm just starting yeah. to introduce her to a couple of more things, like Avatar: The Last Airbender, which we completely didn't even talk about. <laughs> so, be still my heart.
2: That one is in the wings, yeah. man. <laughs> the whole the whole thing, and then by the time we finish it, it'll be probably straight into yeah. Korra, which is also so it's good. It's just
0: like that is like, I I don't know of very Primo. many. Classic like like slow burn progressions of you watch this when you're a kid and as you grow, the show grows with you type situation. Mm, um but that is
2: like I feel like it's that and Harry Potter are the two that come to mind most yeah, directly. Yeah, yeah. Right? I know sure.
0: Harry Potter does kind of a similar thing too, so
2: I can't think of many others though. Yeah. I mean I'll
0: like a Percy head. Jackson, I'm sure. Right? Yeah. Like Percy Jackson is kind from of from the same thing. Although we're Gotcha. We're going to hopefully see how that goes in live action. I hope it's going to be.
2: Oh, yeah. They're adapting that again. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I know. Exactly.
1: (laughs) I'm going to give a shout out to uh, from my childhood. I don't know if you guys got into it the way that I did. Like, uh, used to be an embarrassing revelation. Now, I think it's getting a uh, a, a redemption in the the critical consensus. But Animorphs, when I was a kid, (laughs) (laughs) that is a show that that is a book series that starts out like pretty casually and then pretty quickly is about like grappling with the repercussions of war crimes and like, yeah. do the ends justify the means? <laughs> and uh it gets hardcore.
2: Wow. Yeah. I. Oh man, that is a that is a blast from the past, mm. right there, Adam. See, but that I just remember loving the covers oh, so yeah, much. Yeah, absolutely. But... and like the little, little you can flip the corners and watch them yeah. more flipbook y- style. You know, but you so know good. what's
0: so funny about that, Adam? Like you just said that, and my mind immediately went to okay, what other children's stuff that they thought was, like, too hardcore? I'm like, right. Goosebumps. Which, like, some of that stuff was insanely crazy.
1: Genuinely, my first chapter books. Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, I was too scared. I've told this story before, I think, on the air of, like, being invited to a slumber party and not being able to handle the fact that they were watching The Haunted Mask on VHS. Oh. Despite the fact that I had read the book... Twenty times, yeah, and I yeah. owned all of them. And I would like my parents would come back from like you know, oh, I was at a thing and I saw a Goosebumps book, so I bought it for you. Here you go. And I'd be like, great, I will see you in four hours.
0: Just... <laughs> this is Carly Beth's head. <laughs> this is
1: important to me. Oh, That's all so I remember good. from that so movie. Is, this is
0: Carly Beth's head. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, like, oh man, but yeah. like we don't, nobody talks about that. Like, we're, we're, like, there's such a discussion about kids, they can't handle scary stuff. I'm like, have you seen Goosebumps, which are specifically for kids, and it's to mm. scare yeah. the shit out of them, and, like, in the best way possible type situation? And those books, some of those books were, like, actually for real scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Just yeah, thinking they were, about it. Oh man. So good. Uh, I I devour those constantly. I think I came,
2: I was intimidated by Goosebumps. I was genuinely like creeped out by the covers of the premises. So I came to it later than I think I would have been the audience for And by the time I came to it, I was like, oh, Oh, is is that all there is? is is?" I was past, I was past the cutoff because I waited until it felt not scary. Right,
1: And then surprise, it wasn't scary.
2: Surprise, surprise. Right. I've learned from that. Uh, Was there one more question before we jump, Adam? Yeah,
1: the last question was, how has your taste changed since having kids? Like, how has this this change in your media environment influenced you? Uh, Yeah. And, and, you know, honestly, maybe the answer is not that much, because as you said, you know, you always have kind of been a kid at heart.
2: Yeah, I think um, my discourse around Pop culture has changed a fair amount. It has narrowed quite a bit because I am often, like, paying attention to what my kids watch. So my wife and I have spent a lot more energy than we need to talking about Octonauts and how freaking awesome that show is. Of course. Because it's a show about competent adults doing competent adult things, and they just happen to be, like, cute animals. But they're competent adults. They're not stupid children like Paw Patrol. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I think that that is a point that I consider often is are these like kid characters doing kid things in this show? And that tends to dumb it down quite a bit versus this is a show for four-year-olds about characters who are good at things, doing things that they're good at and not being like just little kid stakes. And that really changes it under the surface in a way that I think elevates most of those things. But that is a digression from the question. And the question was... uh, how has having kids changed what I consume or like what is on the menu for me? And it has changed a fair amount. Um, it's changed what I can handle uh, more than I ever expected it to. I have a much smaller tolerance for things that are really graphically violent, yeah. um, which surprises me because I, I, it was never something that I felt was uh, something that bothered me mm-hmm. until I had kids. And now I think it just... Something about graphic violence feels more real than it used to, which shouldn't make sense, but it does. And uh, then really any – God, any kids' media or any movies where kids get separated from their parents in bad ways, it messes me up pretty quick. Uh There was – there was like a, a a terrible awakening that happened when my wife was pregnant with our first kid where we watched My Neighbor Totoro oh, for the first time right yeah which is it's a masterpiece it's such yeah. a good movie it's so heartwarming and and great but you know the climax of that film is the the 4-year-old gets lost yeah. because she's tried to go find her mom and it's like that was just a like a truck upside the head of realizing, oh sh I'm gonna be responsible for a human being's life. Yeah. That yeah. is that is a thing. Um that wrecked me for a while. And then we watched Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio recently. Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um and that is like the whole movie is him being separated from his dad. <laughs> well, in
0: the first five minutes. Uh-huh. In the first five minutes is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, on. <laughs>
2: that's the whole movie. And I was like, I have not been this emotionally wrecked by a movie in a while. Mm-hmm. I should not be uh, crying at stop motion. But, and yet here I am. Absolutely. And it's a good movie regardless. But my response to it was much more heightened by just my place in life. And 10 years from now, it probably won't be the same. Um, that'll be nice. But uh, I think I'm, I'm more sensitive to stuff like that for sure. So my own consumption regardless of like, context has changed but I do tend to watch less stuff overall. I tend to consume less overall because my life is more full. And that's something that's a bit tough sometimes where I wish that I had more time to just read or listen or draw or like watch something. Um, So I'm, my, like what I consume has really narrowed a lot and things like going to movies has mostly dropped off. Right, right. because mm-hmm. babysitters, man, babysitters are—it's—it's
0: uh, 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 a—it's <laughs> a racket.
2: Large hurdle to going out.
0: Uh,
2: yeah, it's—it's it's a lucrative racket. I should get in on it, except that uh, I'm already coming out from the other side. Um, so it's just things are less frequent, uh, new experiences and new things, unless it's incredibly convenient to seek them mm-hmm. out. Um, so I think that yeah, it's—it's it's a not as deep a well, but I just have to consume things more slowly as well. Um, uh, but the good stuff is still, still there and I'll, it'll be there when I get around to it. Eventually I'll watch Andor, <laughs> probably when I'm 50. Of
1: course. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being our first ever guest on the show. I think that your answers were sincere and thoughtful and, uh, you were an absolute pleasure to have on,
2: uh. Aww, the feeling is entirely mutual, gentlemen. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Uh,
0: I'm going to say it a the short way. You a real one, Steve. <laughs> You're a real you. one.
2: <laughs> I appreciate That's that. That's great. And uh, I look forward to hearing many more half-tone takes from you guys. It's a oh, delight. Thank you. Thank like you so we, much. we
0: very much yeah. appreciate the the love you've shown us like throughout like this podcast and just talking with us and um, just just uh, I I in my event I don't know if I can speak for Adam but I just like uh, the presence of somebody just to hang out with <laughs> mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. just to yeah. you know shoot shit and stuff like that and be like informative but actually have that same kind of no nah, this is fun this is we're talking about cool stuff guys <laughs> very much appreciate that yeah <laughs> Absolutely.
2: yeah it is cool stuff
1: I echo that sentiment. Uh, Steve, you need to drop, uh, cuss. Cough, get the cuss f- out of here.
2: Leave. <laughs> cuss. Leave. All right, I cuss. will. Also, okay, last note, you got cut this from the episode. I just wanted to gush about the fact that my favorite director from the Justice League series yeah. was Joaquin Dos Santos. Yes! And he was, like, the lead yes, director oh, on yes! Across the Spider-Verse. Yes! And that just, like, I was oh, like, my guy, you. my guy, you right. Somebody saw it other right? than me. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh Yeah, like, yes. Yeah! he's so good. He so graduated. Good. We all knew he could do right. it. We all knew he could do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> we were behind you the whole way, my yeah. man. And now you made it to the big time. Oh man, I was so happy right, when I
0: saw that. So yeah. <laughs> so good.
1: Thank you so much. Okay, so our guest Steve has uh, just dropped. Uh, again, thank him so much for joining us. Uh, absolute delight. Uh, a genuine privilege for him to be my coworker and for me to get to interact with him on a regular basis uh, but as for us we have been halftone takes if you have any questions comments or suggestions for a topic of an episode uh, come send us an email over at halftonetakes at gmail.com If you've enjoyed listening, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, or wherever else podcasts are rated. Word of mouth is the only way to grow. So if you like this show, don't just tell a friend. Tell that uh, director. Who's the director? Oh, Uh, Joaquin DeSantos. Go tell him. (laughs) Go tell him. Get him. him. Tell him that we talk some sugar. He'll like it.
0: Oh, man, if he got on this podcast as a guest, I would cuss bricks. (laughs) <laughs> and then eat them. You uh, want to make Corey cuss. bricks, yeah. so get that message to him. Get that. No, I'm dead serious. If anybody knows him, if you have any connections, get it out there. Tell him. Tell him I love tell him. him. Tell him I. <laughs> tell him. Um. But anyway, yes. And also, yeah. we have a um, a uh, Instagram account so check us out at on instagram at halftone takes uh i'll i'm going to start posting regularly just snippets of stuff um if we mention things on any of the podcasts hey you won't know the context of it unless you listen so you might want to listen and then you'll be like oh that's why he posted that Um, i don't get it but i'm still (laughs) gonna follow (laughs) that
1: Corey has been releasing little doodles for the episodes, and um, recently you did one for the anime episode where both of us are in like Lupin the Third style. Yes, and which like, we didn't
0: even talk about it. The, <laughs> the I know, but, and I
1: and I love Lupin the Third. <laughs> yes, um, me too. <laughs> but like that is genuinely like one of my favorite drawings that anyone has, like my favorite representations of me that anyone has ever done. Like I, I find oh, yeah. it is so charming. Well, it it's, I rep, it.
0: it's yeah, it's us. I I'm really happy that you really like that because I I kind of felt the same way. It's like our personalities,
3: Mm -hmm.
1: like Mm
0: -hmm. in anime form, and I actually kind of love it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's really good. I please check out that Instagram because I find it so charming. Yes. Um, Yeah, so that's today's episode. I have been Adam Bucherry. I am an animator and game designer. You can find my tabletop games at boocherry.itch.io. That is boo like ghost, cherry like fruit. Corey, who the cuss are you?
0: (laughs) Who the cuss are you? (laughs) I am Corey Revis. I'm an illustrator and comic creator. You can find me on Instagram at E-A-R-T-H-U-R underscore one. So that's Earther. I'm on Instagram. Uh, check out my comic, Dawn of Time. It's on Webtoons. It's yeah. pretty awesome. Um, I'm still working on stuff because I had to upgrade my computer, so uh, it should be out soon in the next episode. So yeah, and oh, yeah. also uh, I, I, we talked a little bit about this a little bit off uh, mic, but I am going to be trying to do some YouTube stuff with for the podcast Ooh. soon. So you might, oh. if you're lucky, we have a special thing coming up uh, soon. I'm, I'm going to say soon that you guys what? might be interested in.
1: Hi, uh, my name's Chekhov. I'm going to just put this great gun here on the mantelpiece. <laughs> it's probably not going to come up later, but I just wanted you to. Is it loaded?
0: Oh yeah, like for Uh, sure. uh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Uh, Oh yeah. See ya.
3: (laughs) See ya. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.